our elder meeting today, but but uh, I want to just bounce it off you guys and see what y'all think. I don't know. We were thinking about having a family fun day here at the church uh, and after service. Uh, and we're going to be 34 years old, the church, this year on the 27th of July. And uh, but but we're thinking about having some uh, water water slides and some bouncy things for the kids. And then we'll have some a fellowship dinner. We'll have a lunch, I mean, a lunch in there. And then we'll play some games with the adults and get them, set them up in different tables and we can play games. Man, we played a neat game with my grandkids last night in, uh, in Kyle, a game called Code Names. Have you, have you all heard of that, Code Names? But it was a fun game. And uh, I liked it. I'd like to play it again. I, I was pretty good at it. And so I like to do things that I'm good at. I don't like to do things that I'm not good at. Amen. <laughs> so, uh, but y'all, y'all think about that and help me pray about that, whether we should do that or go to the pool again. And what I'm, what I want to do too for baptisms, everybody that wants, we'll have, we'll get a, one of those big old uh, swimming pools that we can set up out there, and we'll just get in there and baptize everybody. Amen. Okay, so we're going we're to think about it and pray about it if that's what we should do. Or go see, we always go to the to the swimming pool, Southside Clubhouse. That's what we always do. But not everybody comes, and so I thought well, if we did it here at the church, maybe everybody would show up for fun and games, and we're doing all kind of things. So yeah, we even talking about having a bowling alley in the hallway over here and all kinds. Of, yeah, all kinds of silly things. So anyway, all right. So I want to I want to I want to finalize the uh, series that we've been in. And, and you know what the Lord did again? He, he told me, I just really felt that He doesn't speak to me audibly now. But I hear His ideas in my head. I know it's the Holy Spirit. And so I wrote down about three or four pages of things He wanted me to say at the, at the end of this series for right now before we get into the message of today. And uh, so I'm going to read those to you, first of all. And just, just look at it like this, that it's inspired by the Holy Spirit for us, for all of us here today. Amen? So here's, here's the way I started writing, and then he just took over. He just kind of takes over my thoughts, and then I just begin to write, and that's how it happens. And so today, he said, today I'll be closing out the series, however I believe every message that we teach and preach here at Maranatha could and should be always presented passionately with grace and truth. And we will always strive to do that. We, we've covered quite a range of topics and cultural issues in this series that we face daily as Christians. But remember, light always dispels darkness. And these are just some, uh, some in, this, in this writing, a briefing of the whole series kind of, uh, God was just showing me things that we've learned in this series, and, and you'll, you will remember some of the thoughts that I say. So always keep in mind why we should even care what those in darkness do and how they think and how they believe. Why, why should we even care? You know, they're not bothering us. But in a way, listen, God's called us and He's commissioned us, uh, commissioned us. A commission isn't a suggestion. It's more like a command from God, strong, to go and preach the gospel to all nations, to go and make disciples. Amen? So, 
So it's a good idea for us. That's why we care about those who are in darkness. It's because the Father cares about them and how blessed we are that we are saved. And God wants everybody saved. We have learned that God's Word is truth. In this series, we've learned that God's Word is truth. And that truth is our default reference point. We always go back to that in any kind of discussion or debate or some people like to argue we always come back to the truth of God's Word. We learned that in this series. And for every opposition to the truth of God's Word, we cannot ever compromise. Amen? We learned that. We can't compromise the Word of God. Christians still to this very day have lost their very lives for the truth of God's Holy Word. For standing up for the truth, people... Even modern day, disciples of Christ have lost their lives for refusing to deny Christ. We've learned it is of utmost importance for us as Christians to become God glorifiers and not self gratifiers. Y'all remember that one? We need to become God glorifiers and not self gratifiers. Yes, we live in a cursed and fallen world, but God, somebody say, but God, God. amen, has redeemed us from the curse, having sent his son to become a curse for us, that we might receive the promise of the spirit through faith. So we all know and have heard the truth that it is better to be biblically correct than politically correct. You remember that? Yeah. We've learned a lot of things here in this series. We live in a world where good is continually confronting evil and evil confronting good. And often the case is because many have not received the truth about who God is and how much He loves those in darkness. Many of our friends and family members have exchanged the truth for a lie. People we know. Our adversary... The devil has blinded their eyes and caused their ears to hear and believe the lie. We have learned that we have a new identity in Christ. We are not who the world identifies us as. We are who God says we are. We are not identified by our sexuality. You need to get this revelation because the world is just really, really missing it. They've missed it tremendously. And the devil is all behind it. You need to realize who the source is behind sexual identity. It's the devil himself. We are identified by our faith in Jesus Christ. We are who God has created us to be. We are in Christ and he lives in us. He desires to live through us. Each and every day of our earthly lives. And when we get to heaven, we're going to already know some things. Now this brings us to our last message in this series today. And it's called, Kindness is Always in Fashion. And listen, it, it, it really is. Kindness is always. Don't you like to see kind people? And don't you like to see kind acts? 
Okay, let's pray. I want to pray. We, got to, we didn't pray about our president. And we, Father, we just lift up our president and those in authority over us here in the United States, uh, nationally and locally uh, in our state and, and, and city council members here and the school board people here in Luling. We just lift all these people up who make crucial decisions on our behalf. Father, they need to know you. They need to have the wisdom of God for the decisions that they make every day. And at their meetings, they need to be in unity. I pray for a spirit of unity to take over this government in Washington and even across the earth, across the United States, Lord. We just pray for a spirit of unity to, to, to blanket this nation in Jesus' name. And now we're in election season and, it's, and everybody's got a, a, a side that they're going to choose but I pray, Father, that people would read your word. And even if they're not even Christians, Father, they would come to the place of realizing that when the righteous are in authority, the people rejoice. In Jesus' name. Amen. Father, pray, I pray for this message that, it will, that people will receive it and they will, be, they will become it. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You ever thought about becoming a sermon? Amen. Well, God wants us, listen, I really believe uh, as a pastor here that God wants all the messages that I preach and Kim teaches on Wednesday nights. Is Kim good? I teach, I've been teaching her for years and now look at she's she's blossoming into this great teacher. <laughs> but I, I truly believe God wants us to teach messages and preach messages that really, that you can take home and apply to your lives. And if you, know, if you don't do that, listen, if you just take what, I, what we preach and teach, and you just go around and say, well, that was really a good, good message, you know, and that's all you do with it, then it's, you're never going to grow. You're never going to grow spiritually until you apply it to your own lives and then walk in it, walk in it. Amen? So, so listen. Okay, here we go. Kindness is always in fashion. Amen. That's why Kim always looks good. She's, she's kind. She's the kindest one. You know what she did for me for my birthday? My birthday's not till tomorrow, but she did it yesterday. First of all, we went to eat at Herbert's. We hadn't been there. We used to eat at Herbert's when we were in college together in San Marcos. We go to Herbert's, and it's still there, and it still looks the same, and it still tastes the same. And we took our kids. We used to take our kids. Yeah, we did. Oh, Rick Carter and all them. We used to all go there together. And we won. I mean, years ago we went, and there was a hole in the wall right there, and it was wintertime, and that hole blowing air right on me. I said, man, it's cold. I feel a draft in here. But it's the same place. How many of y'all go to Herbert's? Anybody? Look at that. Look, you all know Herbert's. Yeah. And it's still good. Except the lady, you remember the red-headed lady with the big ruffles on her shoulders? She wasn't there anymore. I don't know where she's at. Amen. But, but we went there for a date. And then, oh, i got to hurry. And then, and then she made me a dewberry dump cake. Dewberries. That I picked like two years ago. <laughs> They've been in the freezer all this time, but it was still good. It was still good. Yeah. That was the third one she's made for me, yeah, since I picked them like two years ago. <laughs> Do we still have any more in the freezer? We got more in the freezer. Oh, boy. Next year. 
All right. All right. Let's get in the word today. You ready to listen? Listen to this silly man. I'll be 66 tomorrow. Can you believe? I can't believe I'm 66. I don't. I, I feel like I'm 16. I act like it too, don't <laughs> When someone is described as a very kind person, what do you think about that person? I'm just going to give you some questions to think about. What do you think about that person when somebody says she's a, like Kim's a very kind person? Someone who is sympathetic, friendly, tender-hearted, gentle, generous, loving, affectionate. All of these characteristics are used to describe someone who is kind. Now, let me ask you this. Would you like to have a friend who has all these traits? Heck yeah. Now, let me ask you this. Uh, would you like your spouse to have all of these traits? Uh, yeah. Would you like your children to have all of these traits? You know, I, 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 don't, I don't like to brag on my kids all the time, but this, this, this one kid, he's been like this all his life. And Patrick, that's Patrick. He, he's not kind anymore, but he was. No. <laughs> he has been kind all his life. He's just a kind soul. And uh, he, won't, he won't be the first to admit that, but he really is. He's just... He's been a kind kid all his life. You ever had a kid, you just tell him to sit down, and he sat down? You tell him to shut up, he shut up? You tell him to close the door, he closed the door? You tell him to eat, he eats. And he did everything we told him. He was kind. He was kind. And he met the kindest woman for his wife, Courtney. Have y'all, have y'all, Courtney, do you just put that on Facebook, your blogs? What do you call them, Blogs? She, she, she writes beautiful blogs. Yes, and you need to find them. And, yeah, she's going to teach someday. She'll be up here someday. She'll, well, she'll be up here. <laughs> I'm a little bit taller than her. That's right. She makes me look tall. Yeah. <laughs> But the truth is, these people who are kind, there's just, there's just something special about them. Amen. And I would like to have all those traits, too. You know, I, I, I'm kind at times, but I can lose it at times, too, as well. But, and, uh, but listen, what do you think about Jesus? Was he kind? You think he was kind? And I think he was kind all the time. I mean, he went through the temple and turned the tables over because he was upset with righteous anger. And sometimes we need to have righteous anger. There's a, there's a purpose for that at times. Amen? But these are great traits. And if every Christian would live with expressing these traits every day, do you think others might have a desire to be like this? Man, I want to be like them. I want to be like that. you think the world would be a little different if we all... Decided to become kind. Man, that's my prayer. Uh, what if everybody in Maranatha was known all around? As so, hey, those people must go to Maranatha because they sure are kind. Think about it. Wow. This is the finale of the series. <laughs> 
But the world to me would be a little different if we were a little kinder. Ephesians 4, chapter 4, verses 31 through 32 says, Lay aside bitter words, temper tantrums, revenge, profanity, and insults. But instead, be kind and affectionate toward one another. Has God graciously forgiven you? Then graciously forgive one another in the depths of Christ's love. Amen. Romans 10.12 says this. Be devoted to tenderly loving your fellow believers as members of one family. Try to outdo yourselves in respect and honor of one another. Aren't these, aren't these great scriptures? Wow. Kindness is a fruit of the Spirit. And we as Christians who have crucified the flesh and been filled with the Spirit, Galatians 5.25 says, If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Doesn't it kind of irk you when you see Christians who say they're Christians and they don't walk in the Spirit? I mean, I'm not judging but I know some of them. <laughs> I've known some of them. I'm not. There's not anybody in here. They're in some of the mothers up town. <laughs> no. That's me. I'm being unkind. So <laughs> now I know some of you are saying to yourselves, "Yeah, but pastor, it's not easy to walk in the spirit like that. You don't know how those people treat me out there. They treat me the same way." <laughs> yeah. I still have people who attack my faith at times. And uh, they treat me the same way they treated Jesus and they treated Paul. All through history we read the same way also. They all treated us mean. They were mean people. And there's a spirit of mean out there. But here's what I want us to see that will help us today. Paul wrote a short letter but a, pow- a powerful message to a young preacher of the gospel named Titus. You ever heard of Titus? So let's look at what Paul writes, and then we can apply this to our own lives today. Titus 2, and I want to read that from my, from my, mess- my uh, Passion Translation. Oh, I didn't have it. <laughs> Where's that? Let me, let me look it up. Let me look it up. Where's Titus? Titus. Come here, Titus. Titus. I found. I found. Y'all remember the movie uh, Roots? Kunta Kente. I found you. I remember that line. I still say it to this day. Okay. In, in chapter 2. We're going to start in verse 11. Oh, you had it up there all the time. (laughs) God's marvelous grace has manifested in person, bringing salvation for everyone. This same grace teaches us how to live each day as we turn our backs on ungodliness and indulgent lifestyles. And it equips us to live self-controlled, upright, godly lives in this present age. For we continue to forward... We, look, we continue to look forward to the joyful fulfillment of our hope in the dawning splendor of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus, the Anointed One. 
He sacrificed. How far do we go? Okay, we're going a long way. He sacrificed himself for us that he might purchase our freedom from every lawless deed and to purify him for himself a people who are his very own passionate to do what is beautiful, uh, passionate to do what is beautiful in his eyes. So preach these truths and exhort others to follow them. Be willing to expose sin in order to bring correction with full authority without being intimidated by anyone. Remind, verse, I'm in chapter 3, we're continuing on. Remember people, remind people to respect their governmental leaders on every level. Woo! Somebody's not reading that today. I have never, I have never in my life heard people talk about a president like they talk about our president today. I mean, it's disgraceful. It's disgraceful. And, uh, you know, I didn't always like policies of other presidents, but I never talked ugly about them publicly like that. Never. So, <clears throat> this, is, this is eye-opening. And remind them to never tear down anyone with their words or quarrel, but instead be considerate, humble, and courteous to everyone. Amen. How far does this go? Verse 8. Okay. For it, for it wasn't that long ago that we behaved foolishly in our stubborn disobedience. We were easily led astray as slaves to worldly passions and pleasures. We wasted our lives in doing evil, and with hateful jealousy we hated others. When the extraordinary compassion of God our Savior and His overpowering love suddenly appeared in person as the brightness of a dawning day, He came to save us. Not because of any virtuous deed that we have done, but only because, because of His extravagant mercy. He saved us, resurrecting us through the washing of rebirth. We are made completely new by the Holy Spirit, whom He splashed over us richly by Jesus, the Messiah, our life giver. So as a gift of His love, and since we are faultless, innocent before His face, we can now become heirs of all things, all because of an overflowing hope of eternal life. How true and faithful is this message. Wow. Isn't that great? Aren't those great scriptures? Man, I love the way Paul puts it here. You see, it's the Holy Spirit who enables us to be who God wants us to be. We live in His power, not ours, His power. Through the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Spirit. And it's His kindness toward us that draws us and transforms our hearts and lives for the better. We become more and more like Jesus. We don't work at, at being righteous. The Holy Spirit does the work in us and through us as we are simply yielded and obedient to His leadership in our lives. Amen. Kim and I bought some little dumbbells. Patrick had given me a, a $30 Academy gift card for my birthday. It was for Christmas. Yeah, we're just not getting to it. And we don't go to Academy every day, as you can see. But we bought some dumbbells, and I told the cashier, we're, too, we're, too, we're not smart enough. To work these dumbbells. 
He laughed. Anyway, but but uh, we don't work at being righteous. You work at making your body look good. But at becoming righteous, it's all inside. It's all inside. And it just needs to be birthed. It's done in you when you got saved. And now the transformation takes place little by little uh, by the Word. By the Word of God and the Holy Spirit in us. Transforming us, showing us who we are, telling us who we are, encouraging us to keep going. Come on, we're getting there, we're getting there, we're almost there. That's the work of the Holy Spirit. It's not you, it comes from inside. Yes, you have to make the choice to, to yield and follow His leading. We do have to do that. But all the work is coming out of Him. He makes the changes in us. Amen? We do our part to co-op with God. Amen. And as we are changed, our lives testify to our families, our friends, and others. And they too are drawn to this loving kindness of our God toward us all. People will notice the change in you. Listen, I want to tell you something. If you've been on the job for 10 years at some location and they don't know you're a Christian yet, something's wrong. Some light's not shining. Light it up. What's that song Debbie Boone sang years ago? Light, you light up my life. I'm not going to sing that. But Peter says it like this in Second Peter 1 through 8 in the message. He said, I, Simon Peter, am a servant and apostle of Jesus Christ. I write this to you whose experience with God is as life-changing as ours, all due to our God's straight dealing with and the intervention of our God and Savior Jesus Christ. Grace and peace to you many times over as you deepen in your experience with God and Jesus our Master. Everything that goes into a life of pleasing God has been miraculously given to us by getting to know personally and intimately the one who is invited, who invited us to God. The best invitation we ever received. We were also given absolutely terrific promises to pass on to you. Your tickets to participation in the life of God after you turned your back on a world, on a world corrupted by lust. So don't lose a minute in building on what you've been given. Complementing your basic faith with good character, spiritual understanding, alert discipline, passionate patience, reverent wonder, warm friendliness, and generous love, each dimension fitting into and developing the others. With these qualities active and growing in your lives, no grass will grow under your feet. No day will pass without its reward as you mature in your experience of our Master Jesus. Without these qualities, you can't see what's right before you. Oblivious that your old sinful life has been wiped off the books. I'm not who I used to be. Thank God. Thank God. A life that's wasted is a life lived without God. So many have accepted Jesus as Savior, but have yet to allow Him to be Lord and lead in their lives. Let me tell you, His grace that saves can also lead. He said, follow me. He said, follow me. When Jesus was here on the earth in human form, he had the same feelings, temptations, 
distractions and limitations that you and I have. Fully God, yet fully man. What he did, however, was seek his Father's will, purpose, and plans. He only did what the Father led him to do and say. The same faith you had for salvation, listen, the same faith you had for salvation is the same faith you have for regeneration. And for every promise of God, it's the same faith. The same faith you had for salvation is the same faith you have for healing. Amen. Let me ask you this. Was Jesus kind? Sure. He was without sin. Blameless. Everyone believes that. But was Jesus human? Sure he was. Obviously he was. And he was also God. But he was also subject to all the emotions and the temptations and limitations as we are. Right? Jesus was kind because he chose to follow to follow his Father's will. He chose to follow his Father's will. God is love and love is kind, the Scripture says. What I'm saying is that it's God in us that makes us kind. God is love. And if He's in us, and He dwells within us, then we are love. Well, you got to remember that. Somebody just got a revelation right then. The light bulb went on. Boom. God is love, and He's in me. I must be love. Wow. Whew. That's pretty cool. Society as a whole could use a lot more kindness. Amen? Amen. Amen. Mother Teresa said this. Y'all know Mother Teresa? She was a wonderful woman. Smile at each other. Smile at your wife. Smile at your husband. Smile at your children. It doesn't matter who it is. And that will help you grow up in greater love for each other. I, I try to do my best to smile everywhere I go. People I don't know. I, you know, I don't ignore anybody. I can't walk through a room and not and just ignore people. I can't do that. Can I, I don't know how people do that. There are people that do that though. They just don't. They don't want to see nobody. Sometimes I go on HEB and I don't want to talk to nobody, and I can do that, but I can't do it. I've got to talk to people, people I don't even know. I just say hi. I smile. What does it hurt to smile? You know, it takes less muscles to smile than it does to frown. It takes more muscles to frown. Mm. Everything hurts right there. I'm just crazy. I'm just crazy. Most everyone will respond to a kind smile, won't they? You know, it's usually I usually get a smile back, even if I don't know them, even if they're strangers. And most everyone responds to any act of kindness. Uh, a kind word, a caring smile, a kind act of generosity always lifts someone's spirits. This world we live in today needs an abundant supply of kindness. Amen? Amen. I believe we need a revival of kindness. Yeah. We could change the name of our church, the Kindness Church. 
But for every believer in Jesus Christ, kindness is also a core part of the covenant life that God has given them. That's who we should be. We need to realize that this rich life God has given us is made up more of little acts of love and and obedience than great dramatic sacrifices. In our relationships, for instance, it's the little things we do. The smile, the handshake, the hug, the peck on the cheek, the little sticky notes I make for Kim all the time and stick on her makeup mirror and close the doors. I do that all the time. Guys, your wives will love sticky notes. Yeah, you just hide them everywhere. You know, put it on the back of the toilet lid and put the lid down. She opens it. I've never done that. (laughs) But I do sticky notes. I put sticky notes and I say, I love you. I love you more today than yesterday. Uh, Roses are red, violets are blue. Somebody loves you, but I really do. I just made that up. Thank you, Holy Ghost. (laughs) But the power of living in the covenant of the kindness of God is that we can also speak words which encourage, which exhort, and comfort others. Amen. Words that heal, not hurt. Our words can bring affirmation, safety, restoration, healing, and love. I'm talking to myself, too. I'm preaching to myself on on these things, too. I mean, I am. There is power in our words, and when these words are sprinkled with the salt of this covenant, they will preserve all the right things. The Apostle Paul said it like this in Colossians 4, 6. Let every word you speak be drenched with grace and tempered with truth and clarity, for then you will be prepared to give a respectful answer to anyone who asks about your faith. The Message Bible says it like this. Be gracious in your speech. The goal is to bring out the best in others in a conversation, not put them down, not cut them down. Woo! We need to learn that. Amen. Paul also said we are to put on tender mercies, kindness, like a coat. Wear kindness like a coat. Let it fill your words, your thinking, and your actions. And you know what? Kindness is always in fashion. Always in fashion. Clothe yourself in kindness. Be that Christian. Be that Christian. And you can change the world you live in. Amen. Amen. Let's pray. Wasn't that good? Thank you, Jesus. God is good. God is good. Father, we're so grateful and thankful for the Word of God. You get us every week. There's something in there that we can take home. We can chew it a while. And then we can apply it. And we can walk in it. Your Word is so good. It transforms us. And as we just continue, continue ourselves in yielding and allowing the Word to change us and transform us. Lord, I I just... I'm so happy to think about what the future looks like for us as Christians. I praise you today, Lord. I thank you for these people here today. Help them to come to that place of yielding totally to you, to walk and follow after you as you lead us in this glorious, radiant journey of life that you have for us. 
In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Amen.